Coyote Edelstein here, your celeb expert and your celeb savant. Celeb Savant is a weekly entertainment show. We have long-form career retrospective type interviews with celebrities, singers, actors, and industry experts. Delta the Leo is a multi-talented entertainment powerhouse born in rural Limpopo and inspired and groomed by the streets of Alexandra Township, South Africa. Delta the Leo has a global fan base. Her first single title, Zaga, received great reviews and was used on popular shows such as Ayeye and Rhythm City. The video for Zaga earned her the Hello Ambassador Creative Award. Much like her style, she is not afraid to push the musical envelope and has released singles in various genres, namely hip-hop, trap, R&B, dance hall, amongst others. Delta the Leo holds the dance champion titles from the UDO World Championship in Glasgow, World Dance Master in Italy. She also holds South African dance titles, which includes Masters of Rhythm, Strictly Hip Hop and Dance Star South Africa. The self-taught dancer has also choreographed and performed for some of South African legends, including Black Coffee and Heavy K. She has also graced the stages of Big Brother Africa and The Converse, Nike Jordan Kids Flash Mob as a challenge choreographer, and the FIFA World Cup and Confederations Cup as a performer. Up next on Slips Front, we've got dancer, musician, MC, DJ, Delta the Leo. So, Delta the Leo, welcome and thank you for joining me live in studio on the Celeb Svant podcast. So, tell me, how are you doing? What's happening in your life? And where do we find you in the world? Hi, Savant, and thank you so much for having me. Um, I must say, it, it feels good to be um, be here and to, you know, be able to share a part of my journey and where I'm going. So, yeah, um, Delta the Leo on her first uh, Scandinavian tour. So that's what's coming up for me. Now, let's rewind Yeah. to all the way back to the beginning. Whatever age that might be, what was inspiration, motivation for you to say, cool, I want to be in the entertainment industry. And what elements and aspects are you currently performing? Let's find out the Delta, the Leo story and journey. Uh, well, from as young as I can remember, I think from five, six, I loved watching TV. I loved seeing everything, like from cartoon, like people don't even know this. I'm very good at mimicking voices. I'm great at doing animal sounds. So my ears, my eyes, I've always been fascinated about what can I create? And I think growing older, listening to music, dance was just very natural for me. And yeah, dance was the first love that made me realize I want to be entertainment. I didn't have this holistic detail plan that this is how I'm going to do it. But I know definitely that I was going to be a really great dancer. I wanted to compete. I saw myself just doing amazing things. And through that, you know, watching other people dance. I mean, at the time there was backstage. I used to mm. watch Lorsha Cooper. I used to uh, watch Michaels and all these dancers that I was like, I want to work with them one day. And, you know, I was fortunate that during my journey, I did get to be mentored by Lorsha Cooper for the World Cup. So during the World Cup, I, I used to dance and be trained by Lorsha. And yeah, I did a lot of street dance competitions and most of it, Funny enough, I didn't go to a studio. So I learned what I knew from videos, from TV, from other people. And I remember Masters of Rhythm. This was just after high school where I was like, you know what? I'm going to enter this competition and try my luck. And 
I did that and I won. And for me, that felt like all the years where I was practicing by myself, learning, watching other people was now the right time to just immerse myself in dance. And yeah, dance happened and it was just still is a beautiful journey for me because I've met a lot of people. I've worked with Asha's choreographer. I've met people like Buddha Stretch. I've been to different countries out of South Africa where I've met other dancers from different countries and the dance world is just really magnificent on its own. It's the people, it's the culture, it's the music. And something said, hey, there's something that I'm missing and that's where the music element was. I started singing a lot to a lot of Missy Elliott, Lauren Hill, Beyonce, John Legend. And it, for me, that didn't feel weird. It felt like a world that was normal. So just to backtrack, 2005, I went and auditioned for Jamelli. People don't even know this. Jamelli, you had to audition. You had to actually go there, do your talent. And I remember for the audition, I sang Beyonce Dangerously in Love. And the judges were really wild. And they were like, wow, she can, she can sing. But on the day of the actual live show, I said, no, I want to rap. And they were like, but you, you're such a good singer. Why do you want to rap? And I remember, I think the co-producer of the show was like, let's hear if she's actually good in rapping. Mm-hmm. I remember they played me the pitch black Afro. I don't know if you guys remember him. He was like really sick with the raps. And when they played that, I was like, let me drop my, my, my 16s. And they were like, oh, she's actually good at that too. So they let me do that. And I remember the judge for that show was Kelly Kumalo. So I did my freestyle. I don't know who else was there because I know there's usually three contestants. And I got first place for doing my freestyle. So I was like, hey, I guess that is something that I can pursue and practice. And music and dance have synonymously been a very big part of who Delta the Leo is. So why the name Delta the Leo? Explain that. <laughs> Very easy. Um, Delta being my first name given by my grandmother, Leo being my star sign, and just adding the prefix to make it one big name and would say, you know, a lion has presence. And I, I felt like I wanted a stage name that uniquely represented who I am and wasn't too made up. It just was so real and genuine that people have to ask why Delta the Leo? And I'm like my star sign and my name. <laughs> so it's not really that uh, that deep. It's yeah, just yeah. a very uh, simple and resonates my journey. And I, I can't say I fully understand everything that I'm doing, but I do believe that there is a guide in the universe that has helped me want to know who is Delta the Leo amongst other things that I'm still discovering with the talents that, you know, I've really been humbly being blessed with. So, yeah. Let's go back to the dance. So you mentioned street dance. Yes. And you've only been doing that type of dance or are there other dances? Oh, that definitely you've I've done into? others. Uh, so I did ballet, not when I was younger. So I was already in my teens, I think high school. I did uh, uh, ballet with the Penny Ballet School. They used to teach in Alexandra Township because mm. that's obviously where I was raised. And I found the the dance style very fascinating, but understanding that I wasn't a very small girl in terms of my body frame, it became a little bit hard and challenging because I have a rugby-built body and to do ballet is like really painful on the toes, on the legs. Like yes. literally, I'm just very muscular to be doing ballet. And, and that's when I felt like I have to shift. So there was contemporary. I enjoyed it for a bit, but wasn't really my 
my course so I, I drew more into hip hop because it was very freeing and street styles don't really bind you you can fuse contemporary and ballet and tap and yeah. you know afrofusion in it so i have learned other styles but my my favorite will always be hip hop because i believe it it allowed me to express especially in a time where in the township everyone was typically doing pansola which is the first style that i learned so it was a build from pansola from pansola to spocha spocha to hip hop hip hop to ballet ballet to uh, afro and all the other styles that you can think of and yeah I, I didn't see me as a salsa or latin ballroom dancer either because it didn't speak to who i was i always saw myself as a female that was breaking boundaries so i got into breaking a bit so top rock up rock and i just realized I'm not sure if I want to spin on my head <laughs> all my life because you get a lot of injuries. Also, yes. what people must know is that every sport has a lot of injuries. And before even starting with the dance at school, I was much of an athlete. So I did short put, I did um, long jump, I did soccer, I did netball, I did volleyball. So already and basketball. So I did a lot of tall man sports, and then realized I wasn't getting taller. <laughs> so I had to pick a sport that made sense with the dynamics that I was going through. Um, the environment that I was in was for African styles. And I, I wanted, I was always rebellious in what I learned. And rebelling into hip hop, I then went into crumping, which was a more male dominant mm. style of street style, which was also one of the styles that landed me a world title because I came second place for that. And then in the women's category, I, I took first place. Wow. So, when I did that in 2013, I thought, oh my God, this is so tough. Because I had no idea that if you have 42 countries and you have 42 people in your, char- uh, your your category, you have to battle all of them till you take the first place. So I then learned very fast that to be an athlete, I needed to work extra hard. And yeah, I think was the only first South African to have done the UDO and won first and second place. Wow! And when I came back home, obviously that gave studios an introduction that who is this dancer self-taught so really cool we wanted to do workshops and then I realized this is how I can make a business out of it so I would teach workshops helping dancers that were going to compete uh, abroad Um, and then realized I wanted to compete some more so I did 2013 I did uh, uh, 2014 focused on my music because that's when I was starting to like really feel passionate about it and then did my last world in 2018 and yeah the plan was to get back into it this year but unfortunately I experienced an ankle injury early this year so I have to pause that for 2024 but yeah we continue with the dancing and that is why I want to go and show what we Mzansi have in terms of our dance styles because street style has grown that's why we now have Afrobeats being so mainstream because it's it's just a, a vocabulary of amazing dance moves. Yes. Yeah. Back to your singing. When you're rapping compared to when you're singing, yeah. is there a different energy feel in your body? Definitely. So what is the difference? Explain the difference. Um, with the singing, I need to intentionally dig in very deeper. And when I say very deeper, um, there's a level of breath a level of keys if you know as a singer you have to have a range and keep that range mm. so you can't go ha, 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 <laughs> you know and depending on the number of people that are also watching you perform 
if your range was for 100 people and it was just like, ah, I have to go, ah, yeah. right? So it's louder and it's, it's intentional yes. and it takes a lot of energy to, to relay the message because mm. it's not just the lyrics, it's the song. Yes. Where you were when you wrote it, how you're feeling, even if it's a happy song, to get people to dance, you have to take them there. You have to take them mm. into that energy and feel of that songwriting. Whereas with the rap, it's a conversation. It doesn't have to be so intense. And if it's light, it's light. If you get it, you get it. And if you don't get it, you don't get it. So it has those almost a similar range, but a bit lighter. Okay. So I can play around. I can switch up a key. I can, you know, I've been at a a point where I've been on stage and I've performed a song that's not been recorded that I just made up. And people were vibing like, it's a song that's recorded. And I was like, oh, the energy allowed. Yes. And, and and I'm more playful, I'm more experimental when I'm rapping because I I read the energy in the crowd mm. and then design something right there because that's what I do. When I go into studio, it's very likely or seldom that I have anything written. I just, the energy that I feel when I hear the, the instrumental or what the producer and I are exchanging in terms of energy and putting it there. So that is what's different for me when I'm singing. It just requires a bit more depth than it does when I'm rapping. When you do releasing music, obviously rap, hip-hop, what other genre, like, is it R&B that you release when you're singing? So to date, um, I've released reggae and uh, I'm a recipient of the Lima Best Reggae Artist 2019. drop that mic. Say that again, you're the recipient of? Of the Lima Best Reggae Artist 2019. Hashtag drop that mic. There we go. And this year I'm nominated for Best Reggae Artist by Basadine Music. There we go. So that means, you know, that is a genre that's also calling my name. So I've made made, uh, and released music in reggae, in R&B, in hip-hop, in dub, in trap, um, in traditional. Also house. Let me not forget house. I'm a piano and go my sounds that I've infused them in my mother tongue because, you know, as an artist, you also want to create a sound that when someone can listen to it, they can identify with themselves. Usage for me is very important. And when I say usage, being multilingual for me is important to express in my music because I'm not just here representing one group or one community. I'm representing diverse people Mm -hmm. who express themselves um, in different ways. So in my music, that is the catalog that I have on on the digital space. And in terms of sound, I feel like reggae is calling me more than the other sounds. And yeah, I'm looking forward to see what more I can build from that. And I, I think without limiting myself is that I'm capable of making music in any genre, giving the time to learn and understand the foundation. Because for me, that is very important. So when you get creating a song and you're going into the studio, do you know what genre it's going to be or you let it flow? Some recording sessions, I do have an idea. Like if I've had been playing around with the thought like, okay, this is a reggae tune. I want it to go like this. Then I, I definitely know that it's going to come out sounding the way I want it. If I go in and I'm like, mm, we don't know. We don't know if it's going to be R&B. We don't know if it's going to be hip hop. But the feeling that will be left in the recording or with the energies that it's it's meant for an audience. An audience out there will be ready to receive it. So that it's 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 more of gifts 
because you never know what gift you're going to buy. Mm. But the gift just finds the relative person who's ready to unwrap it as a yes. present. So that's that, that's yeah. my process. <laughs> you write your own words and lyrics in that. Correct. So from zero to a three to four minute song. Yeah. What motivates it? Is it easy every time? Let's dive into that creative process of ah. zero to that completed song in Delta's world. My love for music almost feels like my heartbeat. If you played a beat right now, I'd be able to compose. Literally in a minute, I can give you a full song. And depending on how much I'm feeling the beat, there can be a lot that comes. There are a lot of my songs that I've recorded in one take. So a beat was played and I just recorded. No previous listening session, no nothing. Positive Vibrations is one of it. And it's also receiving much love from the reggae side of the world. I remember I said with the... Um, one of the pioneers, um, Jarseed, I'm sure you probably know him, who is a big lover of, of reggae and having worked with, you know, a lot of artists, having him say, hey, you've got something there. It says a lot about the writing skills. So Delta feels more to release and be honest in, in the music process. And I think if you are or not familiar with my music, if you listen to anything I've put out, uh, old or new you'll hear that there's always a message. And if the message is not intended for you, there's always a melody. There's 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 room for you to be hopeful to do it your own way. I often find a lot of people sending me my music that they've done a version of their own and that's the process. You'll feel it. Yeah. So as much as people hear my music, I want them to feel it. And when you feel it, you'll be able to translate the story in your own way, yes. in your own world. And that's what usually happens. So it's interesting you're speaking about this. So I'm not sure if you're aware of NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming. Every person's different. Yes. So people either absorb information visually, mm -hmm. they create pictures, auditory, they hear the words, kinesthetic, I'll say that word again, kinesthetic is the feeling. Mm. So when you hear music mm. as a listener and receiver of music, mm. listening to your own or by other artists, mm. Which one is more dominant for you? I Which, feel. You feel? I feel. Okay. I feel because as a person who firstly is a dancer, when I listen mm. to music, I interpret it. So if I listen so much, it disrupts the frequency interpreting. So I want to listen to the lyrics. That's why I'm very quick at hearing lyrics. People are like, is that what the song says? I'm yeah. like, yeah. It's like, yeah, because... I'm feeling it. So when you feel something, you listen better. So you yeah. must probably kind of set it dominantly in yes. the auditory secondary. Yeah. yeah. But that, yeah, because I have the same thing. Yeah. I can hear the lyrics of a song yeah. generally. Yeah. The first time of hearing the song, I don't have to consciously focus yeah. on listening to it. Mm -hmm. And I remember I was speaking to a person once and I was like saying to her, listen to the words of the song and the song completed. And I said, were you listening to the words? Mm -hmm. And she said she wasn't consciously focusing on the words so she didn't hear them. Mm -hmm. I'm like, what does that mean? <laughs> I didn't understand it because at that stage, I never understood NLP and all these other elements mm -hmm. and hadn't studied that. That was a massive aha moment for me to realize that every person in the world hears, sees and experiences information Differently. differently. And Correct. it's not better or worse. It's just different. Yes. And I'm able to hear the words of songs first time without having to consciously focus on them. And that on its own is also a skill. Yeah. Yeah. But for me, it's never been a skill. <laughs> yeah, it's just yeah. been But for some me. people, because <laughs> I remember some people have to consciously, oh, so that's why I feel like this because, yes. oh, yeah. So yeah. It's, it's, it's that. Yeah. Because they're obviously more dominant in yeah. another space. Yeah. yeah. I love this game. And I recognize if I had to ask you this question in five minutes, 
five days, five hours, five months. I know your answer will be different every time. And I recognize that and I understand that. If you had to push play to five songs by other artists, once we have finished this conversation, what would those five songs be and by whom? Um, so it would be Missy Elliott, I'm Really Hot. Mm-hmm. It would be Kanye West, Jesus Walks. Yeah. It would be Lauren Hill, yes. I think Rule the World. Is that the third one? The yes. Okay, the fourth one would be uh, Level Up by Rex Life Raj. Fifth one would be Delta the Leo, Chavarvon. There we go. Slot <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yourself in there, why yeah. not? Yeah. The way forward in the dance and the way forward in the music. Is it a parallel way forward or are there different plans for each? I, I believe that, you know, pillars of the work that I do, they connect. It's, it's like a spring. You know, it just it's 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 a nice mm-hmm. trampoline where yes. you can go from one place to another. So with the dance, because this is something I've done almost all my life, there's beans of knowledge that I feel every dancer who's done it for, for long has the experience and the tools that new dancers don't have. For example, a lot of dancers are not so educated about protecting their bodies. Yes things that they need to do that I am learning now in my 30s that physio is very important. Even if nothing is broken, just to find and align your body and to help you uh, uh, propel for more years and the importance of giving back. Uh, a lot of dancers who are really skilled are by themselves and not sharing this knowledge. So teaching other people helps them to teach others. So yes. you're kind of multiplying yourself over the years and over the countries and over the borders. And that's why I'm feeling that at this point of my life, there's been requests like, can you come teach? Can you come do a workshop? Can you come, you know, get our routines cleaner? And, you know, you don't necessarily have to be the best of the best, but there's something about being consistent. And over the years, I've been consistent with my dancing. Every year I show up differently. I learn new things and I'm on top of learning what other dancers or other genres are Mm -hmm. bringing to the table. So that is also sharing the fact that also as a South African, we have unique dancers that everyone in the world is trying to copy, but learning them the right way. Because it's one thing in seeing, but understanding how adaptation or who started the styles, why it started. You know, I always tell people like, I'm a piano sounds like a banging because if you think about the township, it has so much noise. You know, there's less... um, formalized houses it's more yes. like tin shacks and they create a sound that's why my piano has the the sounds the shack the movement if you bump your back against the the anyone's shack there's a sound that's made there so it's just also introducing people where these elements come from it's not just beats it's it's the cultures it's how people sweep the streets it's how people pick up things it's how people speak yes. you know you you hear people say uh small snares in the, in the, in the sound like you know hachu Hey yeah. you, hey! It's 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 like slangs that are used in the streets and by different groups and gangs and all of that stuff. So going into different parts of the world is to just share this beautiful country that I'm from carries so much in mm. terms of creativity. It carries so much in terms of diversity, language, and some of it you see it because I've also directed my music videos, which is something that I'm adding. So from the dance, the music, directing and being a visual person has been 
growing so much and manifesting and being a creative director and telling stories is something that I'm very passionate about. And I feel like 2023 has made me want to be behind the lens more. So less photography, but more visual. Mm. So adaptations and taking videos and showing people how we do things, things that seemingly look easy to the next person is actually takes practice and and some people are just authentically talented like I've met uh, a, a young man who has not been at school but he's built a helicopter he's built a moving car so where does this come from also being an inspirational speaker not a motivational speaker an inspirational speaker because our journeys can help people believe in themselves to tell their stories so from Delta being the dancer, Delta being the musician, Delta being the uh, visual director, Delta also uh, being passionate about giving back and mentoring the youth. How does Delta come back and also share in the world of wellness? I mean, I don't know if you know, but I'm the Youthful Living Ambassador and uh, one of the only Africans that is uh, part of the the team. And it's it was simply because of how I physically take care of my body, how I've been training other people and not specifically saying, hey, I'm a personal trainer, but saying mm. wellness and well-being is the key to doing more with your life. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so there's there's more that I'm going to be offering. And yeah, so the dance music still will stay because I'm also back into learning and re-upskilling uh, myself with my DJing and emceeing. So if there's anything that entertainment has taught me is that there's room to wear many hats just give yourself room to learn and dedicate time because it is a very time-consuming business environment and you need to know how to be in order to give people entertainment. To add to that beautiful last (laughs) bit, the podcast is listened to throughout the world. So as a final message to the listening audience, what would you like to say? What I would like to say is that the voice inside of you that tells you you can do it, listen to it. The voice that says you can't means you need to learn a bit more and do research. Whenever you are uncomfortable or feel there's uncertainty, it's simply because you don't have all your tools. So get the tools that you need in order to go to the next level and level up. And, you know, a lot of people say nothing is impossible. And it says I'm possible because nothing is impossible. So if there's anything that you believe you can do it, you can. And remind yourself, you can. The last words would be, be authentically yourself. 